Welcome to The Wagon, presented by Sportflex, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to The Waggle podcast, which, as you know by now, is brought to you by our friends at Sport Clips, because every Waggle podcast is brought to you by our friends at Sport Clips, who are known for their Sport Clips MVP haircut experience, which includes shampoos, massage into your scalp, hot steam towels, and sports on TV like hockey, baseball, basketball, and football. But they're really known for the legendary haircuts. It's good to be a guy. It's great to be a Sport Clips guy. And it's great to be this guy, the guy who is our guest this week, who, by the way, keeps a fire lineup. You should know. He's going to Sport Clips, I'm sure, because his hair is always on point. You're normally not seeing that hair because he wore a helmet for the better part of his CFL career. Now he's traded that helmet in for a badge because he's gone from CFL teams to law enforcement teams. Brandon Bridge is our guest on The Waggle this week to talk a little bit about football and his career and how it ended sooner than I certainly expected, but how he's doing something that we all have high expectations of, but unfortunately have had those expectations let down a bit historically. He's joining law enforcement here in Canada, in Peel region, just outside of Toronto, because he wants to be part of the change, part of the solution, make a real difference. And that's what we talked about on the Waggle podcast. Former CFL quarterback, current Peel police officer, Brandon Bridge, is up next on the Waggle. So this week on the Waggle, pleased to be joined by a man that CFL fans and Canadian football fans across the country love and have cheered for and are sad uh, to not be still cheering for. There's certainly sad to not be cheering for anyone right now, but certainly uh, sad that he is not on a roster or even starting in leading organization, but uh, are happy with the work that he's endeavoring to do because it is more important uh, than playing the sport. Brandon Bridge joins us on the Waggle. Thank you for taking the time, my man. And so for the uninitiated who don't know, kind of just give them uh, an appraisal of, of what you've been up to over the last uh, year or so um, and, and, you know, where your, your life has taken you and, and, you know, how you decided to close the football chapter and open another one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it all happened after like 2019 season uh, when I was done in B.C., uh, I was getting contract offers, I was in contract talks, but in the background, I was, you know, still per, like preparing for life after football, and I wanted to go into law enforcement. I wanted to be able to uh, help out kids and, and just engage with the community in like a different way. Um, so I, I really wanted to get into law enforcement and do a policing. And, you know, when it was time for me to decision, I just told myself that, you know what, I, I ran my course of football. Obviously, I'm going to miss it, but uh, I know at the end of the day that uh, with, with policing, it's going to be, it's a great job with benefits, a great job with pension, um, and it, it's, it's guaranteed income. I don't have to keep looking over my shoulder, I don't have to keep thinking about, hey, am I going to be here next year? It's more like, hey, you know, I can just go into a job where I can actually just uh, help out people and, uh, and, 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 and like really prep for like the future and like make sure like my unborn kids and 
the woman, whoever I, I, I marry is going to be all, all taken care of with this uh, type of job. So how, as you basically, you know, transition from one, you know, demanding job to another, how have you reconciled that? Because me personally, I would be banned. I would be vexed. I would be mad at this sport that I put so much time, energy into, um, and expecting more from. Um, but what, what place are you in, in that sense? And, and how, how long, I guess, did it take you to get there? Honestly, like I was actually, I was really upset at, in 2019 I was, I was i was very upset for a simple fact that you know like 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 you said like i did put in a lot of time in this um like i have reached a lot of like milestones that you know like i feel that people who have taken my route by not going down to the united states uh, like as a as a high school student you know staying up here staying staying true and still kind of representing and then earning a scholarship to go down to University of South Alabama as a, as a Canadian high school graduate um, and then going to being invited to the Manning Passing Academy which is 15 quarterbacks only in the entire country um, and then being invited to the NFL Combine and then going through all that whole process I just felt that you know like I just I was I was always like held back because of like you know a lot of, a lot of coaches kept saying that I was Canadian and you know like I felt that like I've achieved a lot but it's like you know like I felt that most of the times when I did go out on the field I was able to showcase myself pretty well and in year kind of like you know four and four and five of my of my season especially year five where it was kind of it was kind of taken away from me it was just like you know like i just didn't really kind of see it like the type of moves that was happening come my way playing football and it was just frustrating me and then uh i kind of sat down with like my family my, like my dad and like you know like my brothers are, are real big people in my life who like influenced me and you know, kind of give me some good, some good guidance, and they, and he's kind of just told me like, yo, don't let football dictate your life. Like, you have a lot more than a football player. Like, like you bring a lot more to the table than just being a football player. And I think that's what as athletes for, like seem to forget. And I think the positive side of this COVID nineteen is that a lot of football players are starting to see what else that they can do because we've just been trained to only play football every time or extra quicker activity or extra leisure time or doing something to benefit from football. But now because that was stripped away from us because of um, you know, Mother Nature and how the circumstances of the world is now that people are really trying to find out. People are really trying to, or people are really trying to see, and people are really finding out like who they, like what else that like they can do as opposed to run run between some white lines and and chase after a ball. So last week we had Chris Trevler, another quarterback who played in the league, and um, like you, was a support player, got in there and, and, and changed things up, and um, you know was close to pushing for a starting role. And he's obviously in the NFL now. And in this moment, we're we're talking a lot about unconscious bias, right? People perceiving things based on the little information they they may or may not know. And you know, if people saw you and Chris Trevler at a combine not having know nothing about you and they said yeah you know these two guys are freak athletes who play the quarterback position one of them is american one is canadian a lot of people would assume strevler's the canadian and you're the american it, it, do you feel like if your passport was different but everything was the same your cfl career would have gone in a different direction 100 percent, 100 percent. i truly think that just because it's like it's just something that you know, has never really been seen in a very long time. I think I don't, I'm not. I just can't say. I, I think the one coach that really, really honestly, like, did not care, which I really respect him, and I, I talked to him like a lot, like at least like once a week, was uh, Coach Jerry Jackson. He didn't care where you came from, what skin tone you were, if you're left-handed, right-handed, if you're blind, one eye. Didn't matter. If you could play football, then you could play football in his eyes. And I think that he was the one that really kind of pushed me 
He's the one that tried to, you know, bring me out to BC. He's the one that really told me, you know, like come back to SAS, like everything. So he was he was one coach that I felt that like was really about me. But yeah, I feel like if I if I was American, it would be a whole lot different. I think if I was American, it'd be I'd have a different football career. If I actually went in high school in in uh, in America, it'd be a different. I would've been like re uh, recruited differently because like I feel like it's always taken a shot because I felt that when I was when I even when I was talking to like recruiters, like coming out of high school, like college, like recruits in the United States, they're all saying, okay, you know what, like you're actually from Canada, you don't know our game too well, and at quarterback, you have to know everything. How is it going to be from playing from 12-man high school ball to come down and play college football with 11-man? With and honestly, I just kept saying, just give me a chance. Like, if you just give me a chance, and if I, and I, and if I don't work out, then sure, we'll, we'll figure something out. But all I need is just like a chance, like a fair opportunity like, like everyone else. But I was already held at like a disadvantage because of, because I get free health care. That's like, 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 that's how I look at it. I, I, like, that's how, like, that's honestly how I, how, how, how I look at it. It's like, I get, I get free healthcare. So it's like, you know what? We're going to hold you back. Well, at least I still get free healthcare. So I think of it as like a positive event in a low key way. Yeah. You got OHIP. So we're going to, we're going to tax you for that. Uh, you, you know so what I'm saying? You, you said, you said something there. Um, you know, like, just kind of look at me and evaluate me for who I am. Um, and that's basically the the overall conversation we're having as a culture right now in terms of how we look at different situations, how we evaluate different people and, and how they have a different sense of realities um, d depending on um, where you grow up, how you grow up, who you who you affiliate with, what you look like, what your skin tone is. Um, and, and you could have transitioned to anything after football. Um, you're, you're smart enough and well-researched enough that you could have worked in or outside of the game, but you decided to do something that a lot of people, myself included, um, couldn't do, and that's work in law enforcement, show a different side of bravery. Why was that the move for you? Honestly, like, I just, when I was, like, sitting down, kind of find out what I, what I wanted to do, um, obviously, um, the staff superintendent, McKenna, he used to be, like, my old football coach. He's actually the staff superintendent at uh, Peel Regional Police, and, you know, I, I reached out to him, and he said, yeah, come on board. I think, like, your leadership skills and I like your name is already known. I think you'll be a really great fit uh, for the for the community. I think you'd help out us. Like, I think you'd help us out a lot. And you know, like the way how Peel is really trying to become now. They want to be diverse. They like they want to really kind of help out everything. And I think Peel is actually just a great place. Like I think that um, you know Peel is so accepting of any of, of of anyone. You know, like if you fit the mold of what they represent, which is like, they just want to preserve life as the police officer. Like that's like the main thing that you want to do is preserve and protect life. If you fit that mold, doesn't matter if you're, if you're white, black, Chinese, uh, East, East Indian, West Indian, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, uh, so I think that was perfect, but yeah, the reason why I didn't want to kind of be in like the job of like being a coach or whatever, I just didn't want, I, I didn't want my, I want to control like, like my own life now. I didn't want to put like my, uh, career in like another person's hand so it's like uh, I, I as i know like in college like if the if the college team doesn't do well then obviously the coach gets fired any professional team a second like you can look at it now it's like because you know uh um like in in sports nowadays if, if they lose a game everyone's at the at like the coach's neck like yo fire him fire him this is the second time he didn't make it to the playoffs this is the third, how many chances are we going to give him let's let's like let him go so i don't want to be 
I, I don't want my job to be dictated off of other people's performance. Like if I if I lose my job, it's going to be because of me. And like I was just I was just tired of I guess contract work. I guess like I want to have security. I want to have stability, and I want to be still helping out the community in some way. And I thought, what 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 better way to become a become a police officer? As you know, the feeling experience with people who look like us in the police has long been a difficult one and those tensions are high right now when you make that decision to join you know basically the team of being police officers what was the response by people around you was there any pushback or, or questions or backlash from from people in the black community Not at all i think that uh they actually like encouraged it and i think that's why i think peel is actually so great because you know they are they are starting to hire a lot more like diverse because they want to encourage everybody that you know what like we're not what i guess what people see like on on tv because like honestly police officers especially in people i can only speak of they actually do so much in, like in, like the community and obviously people always see like the bad stuff for what some of like the police officers do but you know ever since i've been a part of people i've i've been welcome with, with open arms of all genders and all and all races like they've been they've been helpful they've been very out outgoing they've been uh you know there if, if i have any like questions and no, I haven't really received any any backlash at all. More, if anything, I've received more like praise of actually, you know, appreciate you going in there, and you know, just being a helping cause for actually doing like the right things. And I think Peel was actually a perfect service for me because you know Peel Peel does everything the right way. They actually train their officers the right way. They actually are a a service that encourages um, if if even if like you know if you're a part of the LGBTQ. If you're if you're white, if you're black, any any ethnicity, they actually encourage everyone to actually come out and and be, and be part of like the the blue family. And I thought it was just like a no brainer. And I think the black community, I think, is like at least like my like friends are definitely encouraging of it, and they actually respect it. Knowing how difficult the job is, uh, but also knowing at times how difficult it is to be black. How have you perceived? You know, some of the police brutality videos and cases that we've seen. I mean, seeing it um, is definitely tough as, you know, because you, you try to take yourself out of, like, the job. Like, I got to look at it as, like, Brandon Bridge, like the, like, the black human being and not Brandon Bridge, like, the police officer. Um, obviously, like, it's happening down, down in the States. I'm sure it happens up in Canada as well. Um, but, you know, I, but, like, like I said, like at Peel, like we actually trying to really, really, really stress that, you know, like we're at, like, like that's not us. It's not a represent, representation of us. It's like a, like a football team. If like, you know, if, if one person on like the team is, you know, talking a lot, getting a lot of personal fouls, you know, just, just hurting like the team, that's what those people are that you see like on the media. But you have a, a whole team that are doing the right things. And, you know, people are saying that, you know, it's not a bunch of bad apples could make the system, blah, blah. But, you know, I, I can say for actually going through the whole system right now, of Peel Regional Police that, you know, they're, it's, it's, it's not the system, it's just a couple of bad apples. So, um, you know, I think Peel Regional is actually really, really good in that aspect. I think they train their officers very, very high and they, they hold everyone like uh, uh, accountable from, from top down. Everyone has mutual respect. Doesn't matter if you have, if you're a sergeant, if you're a staff sergeant or if you're just a regular constable. Um, I think that they have a, a mutual understanding and everyone's like on a first name basis. Everyone treats everyone fair and, and uh, equal and that's what, police officers should do. So I think that the, the same in-house treatment that Peel Regional Police does is the same thing what they do out in the community. And that's what I feel that some other services, especially down in the States, probably don't do. And that's why you see the police brutalities and the stuff like that, which is obviously a, a negative impact on everyone who wears like 
the, the police uniform, but you know, I don't think Peel is a part of that in any way. So part of the refrain you get from people who, you know, will say blue lives matter and, you know, who um, are defensive of the conversation about police is, you know, that blue line that, you know, there's a code of silence. You have to protect other police officers. So you're not really going to speak um, out about the bad apples necessarily. Not that different from football where, you know, everything stays in the locker room. You know, nothing gets out in, in if I just see these situations and I would think, man, if, if other police officers are doing things that aren't right, that make my job as a police officer more difficult and basically puts my life in jeopardy, I would feel a type of way about it. But I've also never really been on that side of it, on that team. How do you how do you how do you navigate the dynamics of, you know, calling out the bad apples, but also, you know, being part of a bigger greater team yeah i think um exactly what, what i remember when i when i first got on everyone said that you know even like their sergeant is like even he's like just because i'm higher than you guys and when you guys go out and you have your field training officers and whatnot don't be afraid to actually speak your mind and and be who you are because at the end of the day you guys are still you guys are still humans and if, if you guys see something wrong like that's exactly how you're supposed to be and in real life, you're supposed to have like in, integrity, and in the, it's just like in football and just like in policing, is that definition of like integrity is that you're gonna do the right thing even when no one's looking. So just because you have a little bit, because you have authority, you don't want to abuse that authority. You want to use it for for uh, for good. So you know, like you like you call them out. I guess like a lot of a lot of um, coppers, what we call like a, like a lot of coppers. They actually said like, yo, if someone's doing wrong, like don't be afraid to, to call them out because at the end of the day, like when that when all those videos do hit, you know, social media or when it does come back to like the service, they're going to say, well, who are the cops that was on the call? And now if, if one person does bad, then you're all a part of it because you're all just like you're guilty by association. Like you didn't do anything to stop it. That's like me having a blind eye. I'm in I'm in uniform and I see someone, you know, getting assaulted. And I just turn my I, I turn like my cheek and just look the other way. I'm actually a part of like the problem by not by not stopping it. So, you know, and, and people, they always say if someone's not doing the right thing, call them out about it and because at the end of the day like when that stuff does go up to the higher ups they're going to say who are the cops that are that are on call and the ones who are a part of that call are the ones that are going to get punished because you're supposed to preserve life you're supposed to do like everything that that, that is right and that's within the locker room and that's outside so you're supposed to hold yourself accountable with your co-workers and with the public one of the most divisive parts of this conversation and the terms that people you know either love to say or, or hate to hear is to fund the police not too long ago i got dragged on twitter uh, because I, I said i wish that mantra had better branding because people don't even really listen to what it means they just hear it and they and they automatically are against it um which is fine people don't have to necessarily agree with my standpoint but i'm, I'm maybe it's the sports side of me i'm interested in the outcome i don't really care if people feel uncomfortable or if you tear the whole system down i just want like a positive outcome and if people aren't even listening to the conversation when they hear to fund the police you can't get to a positive outcome when you hear that term to fund the police what, what does it mean and say to you i think i know what it means for a simple fact that when they say defund the police they want to just put more money into the mha or the mental health act and you know helping out victims who are who deal with the mental health uh who, ha who have mental health issues so i mean obviously we actually get trained on it throughout like our, our process but obviously the people who do 
you know, get a lot more training could be a, a better, uh, you know, fit for like those type of calls. But, you know, all we can do is what we can only go as far as like our training goes in that aspect. And all we can do is, you know, we can apprehend and, and, and take them to like a hospital or, or, or to a doctor as best as we can and, and have the doctor deal with that. Um, you know, obviously, uh, we still got to, at the end of the day, it's still officer safety. So if we do go to a call and if, you know, someone has a mental health issue and they have a, a, a weapon, you don't know what they're going to do with that weapon. So we have to still protect ourselves and have a reactionary gap to, to make sure that we are good. But, um, yeah, like, uh, and obviously like I understand what people are saying, like, as like, that's why I say sometimes I got to step out of like my police uniform and think of it as like as like a black human being and like in this community um obviously like you know the like my like parents obviously had like the like to talk with me when i was growing up like you know make sure when you when you do get pulled over make sure you you do everything the right way because you don't want to get that 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 phone call and obviously some some other households doesn't have that conversation but obviously a lot of black households they, they do have that conversation if you're Canadian or american or wherever you're from but uh yeah i think i think at peel we just i, I think we do like the thing that we best to our best of our ability by just apprehending the, the like the victim or the person who's who's dealing with the MHA and and taking them to the hospital. That's all that we can do at the end of the day and, and get them the, the help that they actually need. You mentioned that talk that you had with your parents. I remember it. Um, you know, I am already um, worried about the fact that I'm going to have to have it, you know, with my son in, you know, 10, 15 years, whatever it's going to be we all bring our bit of ourselves to our jobs and our roles. Does that talk that you had impact who you are and how you interact as a police officer now? Uh, I definitely, uh, obviously like that talk that, you know, like my, like my parents had, it was definitely a very big one. Like it was like reiterated, especially when I went down to, you know, like two, two states that are known for the most racist ones in the United States, Mississippi and Alabama. And it just, just you know just do it in the right way but yeah like when you're on the job you're kind of just you're kind of just not even really thinking about it like that i kind of just going is like i try to see how can i diffuse like the like the situation and de-escalate a, a, a situation and um like that's how like we're actually trained to do and that's how like our training is is telling us like how to do it we try to diffuse everything and, and uh, de-escalate every situation the best we can uh, regardless of like skin tone and and whatnot or like their like their sex or whatever the case may be but um yeah like that's like that's all i can think like i don't really think about it like in that way like when i do like if like whenever like those calls do come i'm just gonna just kind of just go back to like my police training and just try to do what, what was taught of me because that's what they expect out of us whatever training that they give us is, is what the police service expects out of us you mentioned your time in the southern united states how was that experience different racially in comparison to your time in canada I know for a fact, I mean, like, I'd be, like, I haven't, like, because, like, you played football, like, you're kind of, you're kind of different, like, others, like, I know for a fact, like, you know, sometimes, like, when I go to the mall or something and go get something to eat or whatever the case may be, and I have, like, teammates with dreads and tattoos and we walk into, like, a Dillard's or whatever, like, yeah, like, some people would ask them, like, hey, do you need help with anything and kind of ask a couple more times and not knowing that there's a full store of, like, other, you know, customers in there. So, like, you do get kind of asked like that and, you know, sometimes you walk into, you know, like a, like a restaurant or whatever the case may be, that the price may like the price of food may be a little bit higher, and people kind of kind of like look at you differently. But I know if, I can definitely say that you know if some like some of my teammates, if it wasn't for football, 
and not being known around like the community, then you know, something stuff could have been different. I remember I, I was watching a little interview a couple of weeks ago when like Stephen A. Smith said he got pulled over one time. I think it was in New York or whatever. And then the police officer came at him in a different way. And then he noticed that it was Stephen A. Smith from like ESPN. And then he's like, okay, never mind. Like you can go. So um, obviously like it's, it's, uh, it's wrong for like, that approach, but um, yeah, like I think down south, like for me, I think that if it wasn't for football, I don't know how it would be, but I only know one way because I only went down there for like football in school. So I was known like in the, in the community, so I never had any like troubles with uh, the police. And um, yeah, but like my teammates, I know, speaking from their experience, I know if it wasn't for football, like who knows how a, tr a regular Travis stop could have could have went, but I'm, I'm pretty sure football and them being known in their name helped out their situation for down south. For 107 years, every Grey Cup moment has included you, the fan. This is your league. Through fog and rain, in tragedy and triumph, you are the foundation of this league. Now take your place in history. For a limited time, you can etch your name on the Grey Cup fan base. Become a part of the Grey Cup's legacy. Visit greycupfanbase.ca to add your name and raise the cup. You're important symbolically, um, you know, I, during your time in your CFL career, not just as a Canadian quarterback, but a black Canadian quarterback. And hey, right now you're, to me, even more important symbolically, not just as a police officer, but as a black police officer, as someone who took their career in their own hands and said, okay, well, if this door isn't opening for me, I'm going to make sure I find another one where I can contribute to society have have people interacted with you um differently do you see that you know the fact that you wearing a badge resonates with people in a different way no not not really i think everyone kind of still treats me as uh the brand bridge like the football player still i think even like uh even now like when like with like my own class like the class that you know like we're graduating and getting sworn in in about three weeks like even like my class now they kind of just still like they just treat me as like a regular person, which is like I love it. Obviously, um, I I do get a little bit more attention because like you know, like some like the people in like the services and when we went to like police college, some of the other, you know, sergeants and stuff that, that was down there, like they like they knew me as a football player. And you know, some of the sergeants kind of asked me like, hey, do you really want to be a cop? Like you know, you don't want to give up like you want to give up football already. And I had a couple conversations with, like like with different sergeants from different services at the police college, down to the police college down down Elmer and. You know, I just, I still feel like it, football is going to still be a part of me. I've been doing it for 20, yeah, for 27 years, 28 years now. So it's, um, or well, as long as I can remember, about 16 years, I started playing football when I was 12, so about 16 years. And like, it's just, it's just, it's just a part of me. So everywhere I go, it's just like, it's still Air Air Canada. So, you know, people still kind of say that and say, go oh, come out. And, and like, I thought you're supposed to be like a, like, like, like a superstar, you know, you're supposed to do this, blah, blah. Even like in like policing now, it's like, I'm like, I'm learning as like a rookie. And like, oh, you're supposed to be like a superstar. You're like, you're supposed to know this, but you know, like it's the same thing. It's like, oh, because you play football, you're supposed to know it. So, I mean, it's like the football still resonates. I think it will never leave. And I like, and like, I hope it never leaves. Cause like, you know, deep down, like I still love the game, but you know, at the end of the day, like I knew that I ran it like my, I ran like my course and this is the next thing the next chapter of my life that I'm very excited for. And I'm looking forward to still being a community and I can help out 
I feel like I can help out a lot more this way because like I'm interacting on a daily basis constantly and like you know when I move up in in the police world like the one thing I want to do is I want to get into like the schools to help out kids and you know tell like get into high schools and help out kids and like lean them in the right track maybe even coach a little bit there and then try to help them out of getting like a scholarship right getting like the proper paperwork and appropriate steps to get to where I did because like I said like a lot of kids who has gotten the, the D1 scholarships has always left high school in Canada and dealt and went down to the states for high school for the past for, for the last like two years but I, for me, I like I stayed up here for my entire time, and that's the difference. And lastly, before we let you go and thank you again for your time, representation matters, right? And when you see something you believe, you can be it. And you know, for many in our community, their thoughts were, like, rapper, go to the league. Like that's basically what you can become and be. And you're showing them something else for young kids BIPOC kids or just kids in general who are looking for a potential career in law enforcement what would you tell them what advice or encouragement would you want to give them it's it's a great job to it's it's security it's a definitely a great job to have for benefits pension you can always take care of yourself it's it's stability um and like i like like don't be afraid of it you know like if if, if you want to make a a change in something or if you want to you know help out in like a way or, or if you don't agree with something and then, then get involved um, obviously if if you don't a- approve of something then just get involved and try to make that change in whatever like, way it is for you um, so I would just encourage people to, to do that especially if you want to help out people I think this is the best job ever I think like I said like how, how, how people open up their arms and, and, and it's so diverse if you look around like even like on like their advertisements for everything you see, like it's not just you don't see one race, you see a lot, and that's why I think Peel is so is so great for that. If if you look up, you see East Indian, you see you you see a white person, you see a black person, you see everything. Like our like our chief is is a colored man, and you know like our like our deputy chiefs are are a mixture of of, of color and 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 of uh, Caucasian. So I think it's I think it's amazing on how there's so much diversity even at the higher levels and all trickling all the way down to the bottom. So I would just think, I would encourage everyone to to join in. I think it's I think it's awesome. I think I think it's honestly awesome. It's the best way if, if you want to help out the community and you want to be involved in the, in your community if you don't like how your community is, then I say get involved with policing because then you can help change your community and and be proactive and and make and make your community safe. That's the best thing. Well, selfishly I was always, even though you're not supposed to cheer in the press box, now that you're not playing anymore, I can keep it 100 and say that I always was cheering for you to be the first black Canadian quarterback to lead a team to a great cup and win a championship and see you on stage hoisting it. But um, I love the fact that you're championing a much greater cause that will have an even bigger impact. Thank you for giving us your perspective and continue to do what you're doing. Appreciate you. I appreciate that, really. I really do. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much. There's still time to nominate your hero for Kubota in the CFL's 2020 Community Hero Contest. If you know a hero, nominate and share their story at kubota.ca backslash community hero. They could win a Broil King Regal Pro Barbecue. The contest runs until October 9th, 2020. Visit Kubota.ca slash community hero for more. Thank you, 
again to Brandon Bridge, and we we know the names, we see the hashtags, whether it's George Floyd in Minneapolis or Breonna Taylor in Louisville, Kentucky, Rashad Brooks in Atlanta, or DeAndre Campbell and DeFonte Miller here in Toronto and in, in Peel region where, where, where Brandon is. We, we know that sadly, you know, anti-black racism, systemic and systematic racism is real. And we see those things bear out in our law enforcement and really the conflict that we see between not just black, but BIPOC communities and people who are supposed to serve and protect but we don't see the other side, the side of police officers that are doing a good job, that are saving lives, that are making those interactions positive and not just have negative outcomes. Hopefully over time with more discussion, conversation, and with more people deciding to go into the field that look like Brandon Bridge, we'll have some better outcomes and some more solutions and hopefully less names that are hashtags. Speaking of your use for social media, give Brandon a follow at air underscore Canada underscore seven is his handle. He's probably one of the only police officers that is verified on IG and on Twitter. But he's kind of a big deal. As you've heard, he's on a mission. He's going to be a big deal of what he does in a different space. And many of you have found us in this space, and we're so grateful for you continuing to be a part of this podcast. And it's one that is interactive. So if there are guests or subjects that you want to hear on this very podcast, let us know. At CFL is our handle on Twitter and on Instagram. Mine is at Donovan Bennett on both. And while you're doing that, take that phone. Make sure to like, favorite, share, subscribe. That is the currency with which we do this for you. So your feedback is it's not just welcome. It's needed. It's badly needed and appreciated. Until next time, thanks for listening. The WAG, presented by Sport Clips, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League.